0: Please take your Bibles today, open them up to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. We're going to be looking at verses 34 and 35, and if you haven't already, please be sure your cell phone is on silent. And if you're looking for the Gospel of John, it's the fourth book in the New Testament, And I'm going to put the uh, words up on the screen here today, verses 34 and 35, so you can follow along. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Supper, John chapter 12, uh, through uh, the end of the book is that one last week of the Lord's life and ministry. Much of those uh, chapters happen on that one evening. He's previously told them, I'm leaving, I'm going to go back to heaven and be with my Father. And that will unsettle them so he'll have to talk to them in chapter 13 don't let your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare that place um, then you will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also so this has unsettled them and Jesus gives them then this one commandment when he's gone what should they continue to do So until Jesus comes back, and I hope it's today, not today, then tonight or tomorrow, but what do we do until Jesus returns? Now we is not just people in humanity, but we is people who have come to church today. Hopefully all of you are believers, maybe not. Today would be a great day to understand the gospel and put your trust in Jesus. But the we is believers What are we supposed to do until Jesus comes back? Well, we're supposed to love one another. And so it is a command. Now, let's look here very closely uh, at these verses. Um, A new commandment I give unto you. Do you remember what the two greatest commandments are? How did Jesus summarize them? Love God and love your neighbor and he said this is the the summary of the old testament so how is this command new Well, we'll we'll explore that in just a minute now command is not optional something that we have to obey and sometimes as christians we forget that we have to love our brother and sister in the lord um especially Those that seem to really irritate us. I hate to say that within the family of God, but sometimes, well, you you see the sinful side of people, do you not? And uh, I just ran into a pastor uh, yesterday at Safeway as I was running to get some chicken for chicken soup. And uh, we we talked for a while, and he was just mentioning uh, a situation he's like well there's all of this going on and he's like man he's uh, people are sinners in the church well that's true and he was uh, saying that one time he ran into a young man that uh, said well I'm never gonna go to church because they're hypocrites at church and he said well I bet you that you're a hypocrite too oh I'm no hypocrite he's like well let me ask you a few questions do you think drunk driving is, is wrong in society yeah it's like, well, I see you've got some beers in your hand. Have you ever driven a vehicle a little bit buzzed? Yep. Well, then you're a stinking hypocrite. Okay. And so he said, we just need one more hypocrite. Come on in and join us. All right. And so that's uh, his challenge to that young man. But sometimes we we forget, let's get back to the sermon, that we need to love one another. So it's a commandment. We have to obey the Lord in this area. Now, it's it's new... All right, so let's talk about this. Now, they've had a long time uh, since Moses gave it back in the Old Testament. The difference here in, in newness is regarded not as in the point of time, but in its quality. So the commandment of Jesus to love is completely new, not in the point of time, but in the quality of that love. Here's some examples of how this word new is used in the New Testament, um, Jesus said in Luke chapter 5, verse 36, that you could not uh, sew in the old garment of Judaism to the new garment of Christianity because they would pull apart. And so a garment was completely brand new. And so it's contrasted to the quality with a worn out and threadbare uh, garment. Um, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, there is a new heaven uh, contrasted with the heavens that show the signs of dissolution. Have you ever heard of a falling star or a shooting star? Have you ever heard of a supernova, a star exploding? The, the heavens are in a state of dissolution. they're They're decaying. And one day God is going to wrap up the universe as a scroll. And so, he's going to make a new heavens and a new earth in contrast to the old heavens and the older. So it's new, not necessarily in time, but in its quality and its character. And then the tomb that Jesus laid, uh, his body was laid in, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 60, is described as a new tomb. Now, not just one that was recently hewn out, But new as in never used before. So that it would not be defiled or desecrated. So the body of Jesus laid in a new grave. And so the kind of love in the commandment is new, not in the point of time, but in the point or the quality. And so we're going to see here in just a couple of minutes, what is the the quality of this new love? that we as believers are supposed to have for one another. So the command that Jesus gives here regarding love is distinctly new in or for two reasons, all right? Let's go over to the book of Ephesians for just a moment, Uh, chapter five. So Ephesians is towards the end of your New Testament, towards the back end of that. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll be looking at this tonight, actually, in the evening service. So, uh, look, uh, there's an opportunity tonight to improve your marriage. And uh, ladies, it's preaching to men tonight. So, get your husband to church tonight, right? So, he can hear some good preaching on what a biblical husband is. But in Ephesians chapter 5, the kind of love that a husband is supposed to have for his wife is that newness of love, all right? Look with me at Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. And then what did he do? He gave himself for her. So it's a sacrificial love. It's a surrendering of your life kind of love. That's what the quality is new Now, I'm going to be honest with you, this is just um, maybe stone number one in the foundation stone. We're going to explore what this looks like in the New Testament. Um, We're told in the New Testament that we don't need to be taught on how to love one another. And the reason for that is because the Holy Spirit did the teaching by recording that teaching in the Bible. Love one another. So today we're going to get the concept and maybe we'll sprinkle a few applications, but the next few messages will be applications on how God says love works. What does that actually look like? Today we're getting the commandment, we're finding out the quality is that new sacrificial loving. This is produced by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's go over to Galatians chapter 5, which is right next to Ephesians. So Galatians, Ephesians. In Galatians chapter 5, uh, we're told that it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to love one another. Galatians chapter 5 in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. All right, now, what is fruit? So I have a fig tree and a plum tree and two cherry trees. And right now, all our leaves are off and there's no fruit on them. But here in a few weeks, I'm looking forward to the blossoms and the setting of fruit. And those trees produce the fruit that they're genetically created by God to produce. I have a lime tree and a lemon tree and they do have fruit on them all right but fruit is just the byproduct of the process so the fruit of the holy spirit the the byproduct of the spirit of god working in your life is that he teaches you how to love and so this is the the energy and the work of the holy spirit of god you can also read Uh, how in Jeremiah there would be a new covenant, and how the Spirit of God would help people, Israel, specifically love God. Now, I think it might be boring for some of you to hear this by way of repeating, but some of you, you're new and you need to know this. When we say love one another, maybe that word love is not as clear as it should be. Because some of us love NFL football, some of us love baseball, some of us love cherry pie, or even our animals, right? And uh, or a brand of automobile. But that love is not all equal. I wouldn't expect you to have the same love for your dog as that you would as your spouse, right? Or you're going to be sitting in a counseling office, you know, figuring that out. But so the different kinds of love. You've heard this before. Um, there's eros where we get erotic love, that's sexual love, and the world gets confused and think that's the only measurement of love. Well, that's not all there is to love. And then we get the word philos where we get philanthropy. The city of brotherly love is Philadelphia, coming from that root Greek word philos. Okay, so those are a couple of loves, and then there's storgos. All right, which means uh, BFF love, all right? best friends forever, all right? David and Jonathan kind of love. Uh, somebody that, uh, as in slang might be your homie, right, uh, as Anne of Green Gables said, my bosom buddy, all right? So that, that kind of love. And so, I mean, I've been involved in trades before where there was a brotherhood. In the trade Uh, if you are in the military uh, that's a a tight-knit community if you're in law enforcement that's a tight-knit community there's a brotherhood uh, of that service Uh, I even saw this kind of play out this week uh, as my son was recovering uh, the nurse was asking what's your pain level and uh, so he mentioned a number and she's like okay because you're a fellow nurse I'll let you choose your medication He's like, oh, I don't want anything too strong. Let's start with the simple stuff first, all right? But uh, so there was that, that, that connection there because of the, the mutual profession, right? So that can be that kind of love, but these three are not what the Bible was after. Okay? That's not the kind of love that we're supposed to have, even though uh, between a husband and wife, um, they can have that best friend kind of love. They can have that physical love. They can have that philanthropical love for one another, but the kind of love that's mentioned here uh, comes from the Greek word agapao, which means to love as only God can love. God's kind of love. So we're supposed to demonstrate God's kind of love toward our brother or sister in Christ Jesus. What is God's kind of love? Well, God's kind of love is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God, in spite of ourselves, chose to love us anyway. And he sacrificed himself. Just as Christ loved the church and what? Gave himself for her. So he, he gave his life. He shed his blood He died upon the cross. And so this is the love that is modeled, okay? Um, So we're supposed to be conforming ourselves then to this kind of love. So Jesus Christ modeled that kind of love for us, a conformity to that that love of the same nature, the, the type and the nature of love that Jesus had for you is that you're supposed to have for fellow Christians. So many years ago, um, I had a a family that was asking for help, and we were there to support them. And it came to the point where I needed to bring in someone from the outside to assist and to help. And uh, one of the spouses went on this long, long, long list of everything that was wrong. And... uh, I just sat there kind of stunned, but my deacon had great boldness, and the deacon said, so what? Love them anyway. Boom! Like a dagger to the chest. And, and that believer remembered that for years and would come back and say that all the time and remember to love them anyway. Love them anyway. And so Jesus Christ loved you anyway. He knows all about you yet he loves you anyway he gave himself for you so when you've got that brother or sister that you're building up a storm in your mind you know what love them anyway love one another that's god's kind of love that agapato agapato love so christ modeled that for us i give to you a new commandment that you love one another the same way that I loved you. Okay. Do you remember just a few hours in the future that one of his disciples by the name of Peter would use curse words to break the association with Jesus? Blankety blank, blank, blank. I'm telling you, I don't know that man. I don't want anything to do with him. And he denied the Lord three times. And then John chapter 21, when Jesus has uh, his appearances with his disciples, he meets Peter. And he loves Peter so much that he gives Peter three opportunities to affirm his love for Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you really love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? And at that, Peter's heart was broken. But Jesus loved Peter even when Peter denied him and the Lord restored Peter and said, Then Peter, feed my sheep. Be the pastor that I want you to be, Peter. Go out and be that apostle that you're supposed to be. Feed my sheep. Now, here's something that you need to know about the tense of the verb. I've said love them anyway, but here's how the Greek puts it in linear action. Keep on loving them. Keep on keeping on. So, continual action. So, is there any point in your Christian experience that you're exempt from loving your brother or sister in the Lord? Keep on loving them. And so that's the behind the command. The command actually has that in it because of the, the linear action in the command. Keep on loving them. And so this love is modeled. And so it is a command. Uh, this is a love is new. All right? It's a new kind of love that we've been talking about. And this is the kind of love that Jesus Christ has modeled for you and for me. All right, let's look at this one. Then this love is evidence. Alright, so let's look here, um, go back to John chapter 13 if you need to, look with me at uh, verse 35, John thirteen thirty-five. By this, by that kind of love, shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Alright, so here's the evidence that people can see how many of you have ever heard of the supposed conflict between peter i'm sorry paul and james when paul says that uh, salvation is by grace apart from works and then james says that apart from works you can't be justified you ever heard that contradiction all right so what james is saying In his epistle is this. You see that a man is justified by his works. In other words, with your eyeballs. You can actually see the evidence of a man's internal justification by the way that he treats his brothers and sisters. You see it with your eyes. That's what Jesus is saying here. If you're obedient to this command then there's visual evidence. People will be able to catch on, be able to, to know, be able to figure it out. Oh, they have love one for another, but it's not just that kind of best friend kind of love. It's not philanthropy. What, what kind of love is that? Okay, that's, that kind of love is enticing. Uh, it, it appeals to people. And so that becomes the evidence that we're in obedience to this commandment. Uh, Let's go over to the Gospel of John chapter 17 for just a moment. Uh, Just a few hours later, Jesus is praying in the garden. And uh, he prays about this commandment that he has given to us as his disciples. And he asks the Father to help us as Christians so in John chapter 17, um, we come to his prayer. In verse 23, he says here, uh, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in, in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. So here's the evidence. Jesus is is praying this, that the world may know, that others can see, that you have sent me, that you have loved me. And so the father would raise him from the grave because he loved his son. And that's evidence of the father's love for his son. Now, if we go on to verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me that where I am, there may, uh, they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. You now, the father demonstrated his love for the son on several occasions. At the baptism, there was a voice. And there was the symbol of the dove that lighted upon Jesus. This is my beloved son. Um, At the transfiguration, this is my beloved son. Hear him alone. So many times there was a voice from heaven, from the Father, that affirmed his love for his son. And that was evidence that has been recorded in the scripture. So this is what Jesus is praying about. Now, it is said of the, by Jerome, who lived in the 2nd in the century, um, that the Apostle John, his, his extreme old age, would repeat this commandment often to the disciples. And this is what he is quoted as saying. Because it is the Lord's commandment, and if it is, and if it be fulfilled, it is enough. It is the Lord's commandment. And if it be fulfilled, it is enough. Now, we can be disobedient. And we can fail to love one another. And when that's the case, the world also sees that, don't they? And then your church doesn't have a very good reputation in the community. So we need to obey the Lord Actually, this is a very interesting word that men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. This is the Greek word "gnosko," which is experiential knowledge. It's tangible. Okay? Sometimes knowledge is just intuitive. right? And let's just be honest. This is the kind of love that many times men lack right? Or this intuitive knowledge, we just lack it as men. And uh, our our wife is really good at picking up on that. And uh, she says, I just know it. Well, how do you know? Well, I just know it. Come to find out, she did, right? But that's not the kind of love that's mentioned here. This is not just intangible, this is actually tangible. This is the kind of stuff you can taste, you can see, you can touch, you can feel it, right? This is gnosco. You can know it's experiential love. You know the reality of it. Look, you know if a church is loving when you walk in as a guest and someone greets you, acknowledges your existence. So those who actively attend Calvary on a regular basis, that's why it's so important If you see a face that you don't know, you go up and say, good morning, hello. I mean, shake your head if you get that. Come on, shake your head. All right, you get that? So that's so very important. But here's another good sign. Is if you stand around after the service and you build relationships. And your church becomes to you your second family. All right? Maybe for some of you, it might be your only family. Think about missionaries. We've got a whole board, or a whole wall of them above the water fountain back there. They pick up everything they know, they leave their country. They go to a foreign land, and the only people they know are people in their church. Think about that. Do you think for the missionary that they would want people to obey this command? They sure would, right? Think about the hatred for Jesus in our culture. Think about the animosity towards Christians. The mockery that Christians hear about their beliefs and their values when you come to church you want your teaching to reinforce that but you also want your relationships to reinforce that right yes okay so this is why it's so important that we love one another now as i said we'll progress in the series and we'll build upon this but this is the the foundational commandment that says this. A new commandment, new not in time, but in its character or quality, that you love one another, love as God loved one another, your fellow believer in your local church. By this, by that kind of love, People, all men will see evidence, tangible, experiential evidence, that you are my disciples. Hey, we're not hypocrites after all. Amen? That we love one another. And so the world will know that. So, my challenge today, and what I want you to go away walking away from here, is love one another. You see, Jesus demonstrated that love when he died for you on the cross. He loved you anyway. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting love. But God demonstrated his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. So Jesus died for you when you're a sinner and unacceptable to God. He loved you that much. But he does give you a command. You must repent. That means you must change your mind about all your religious thoughts. Well, I'm a good person and maybe I can, you know, outweigh my bad deeds with my my good deeds all right maybe i can no you can't work your way you have to change that kind of thinking your only hope is what jesus did when he demonstrated his love he died on the cross for you you trust in what jesus did for you trust in who he is he's god who became a man what he did for you he paid the penalty for all your sin and his blood will cleanse you of all your sin. And so you believe in that and you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Hopefully we'll show it to you as we proclaim it and announce it to you. But we invite you to believe on the Lord Jesus and to receive him as your Lord and Savior.